This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode number 56. Is theistic evolution biblical? Troubles and times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. And welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric. Glad you could join us. It's been a while since we were back on the air, so to speak, but we are. Um, I think if we take a look at the website, our last uh, posted show was November 4th. And uh, we had a technical glitch for the last uh, show that we actually recorded. We did record another one prior to this show, but it uh, didn't see the light of day. Because uh, somebody uh, fell asleep at the switch or uh, deleted something. And that somebody would have been... Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I think somebody got convicted and and wanted to get rid of it. (laughs) Well, it really wasn't Matt. I've got to correct that. (laughs) That narrows it down to three of us. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it would have been the person that uh, actually uses the recorder, which was which was me, and I've done that a couple of times over the past couple of years, um, unfortunately. We, we need to be paid more as compensation. I don't know. We, we got paid pretty good recently here, so I, I think... Uh, we're, well, we're... we could double Matt's salary. There we go. <laughs> That's two times zero. <laughs> <laughs> I vote for that one. <laughs> so it's good to see uh, everyone back, and... Um, Let's see. Well, a lot has happened since we've been gone. We uh, we've got the start of a new year, which is which is always a good thing. It's a chance to kind of start fresh again, start reading your Bible, get caught up, and read through it in a year at least. And um, I don't know. I guess I've never was a big one for New Year's resolutions, but you know what? If it if it helps you to do right, that's always good. Amen. Amen. So let's uh, let's start with uh, Pastor Strobel. Pastor Strobel, how have you been? Been well, uh, well and busy, and it seems like it's just been hard to get a little break, uh, even when you need it. But hopefully that'll change. We did have, um, in conjunction with the new year, uh, good services at our church. We usually have a New Year's Eve service, a watch night service, we call it, like a lot of churches uh, do, and. Um, We'll have some uh, preaching from some of our men, usually, uh, some refreshments and uh, some other things as well. So this time with uh, New Year's being on a Saturday, you know, if you can, if you stay out late on Saturday, it make it harder for folks getting on Sunday. So I kind of gave them the option and tried to get it, get a feel for whether they wanted to just keep it on Saturday or just do it on Sunday night. And we had a split decision. <laughs> so I said, uh, we're going to do it on both nights. <laughs> And so what we did is we took uh, half of the, about half of the guys that were going to preach, uh, preached on Saturday night, and then uh, the other half on Sunday night. But, uh, of course, Saturday night we were able to start a little bit earlier than we normally would. Uh, started at 6, had uh, four of our men preach, some young men, some um, older men, and they did a good job. Then had the refreshments afterwards, and then some folks stuck around. And we have, um, at our church, we a few years ago, we got this 
thing called Classroom Jeopardy, which allows you to uh, customize your own Jeopardy games, like with uh, like the game show. And so we have uh, I put together I put together several games, and we do Bible Jeopardy. And we project it on a big screen, just like a missionary projection with our, our projector, you know, missionary presentation. And you have controllers, and so some folks stuck around. We divide up into teams and uh, played that. And uh, some of our kids that were home from college, combined with a couple of ladies, their their team uh, took the championship on that. But it's a real good uh, time, real good opportunity to learn the Bible and test what you what you think you know. Um, on the Sunday night, we didn't have the refreshments, but we did have a, a good time and had three of our men preach on Sunday night. Plus, uh, my son, Michael, did a presentation on a mission trip that he is, has the opportunity to participate in um, in May. Uh, Lord willing, he'll be going for a couple weeks to Costa Rica. Uh, he's uh, studying in a, in a medical field right now, uh, doing a, going through a nursing program, May wind up as a physician's assistant or something, just a lot of different routes he can go from there. But they're going to do um, work with a medical mission or a, a guy who has a medical a, a church and then also a medical station there. And they're going to set up about 12 mo- mobile medical stations around and they'll have complete liberty to preach the gospel and hand out tracts, uh, Bibles um, to the people. And then additionally, they'll have a service uh, at nighttime and he'll have the opportunity to preach one of the services. So, he got a chance to show us some pictures there. They're outside the capital city in a village where he calls it a squatter's village. And pretty much some people from Nigeria have come in and settled it and taken siding and different things and built shacks along, you know, just kind of like almost like row houses that are connected. Um, and uh, just shacks, they just look like look like a fort you might have made when you were a kid with piecemealing everything you could get. Um, and uh, these are the kind of folks they'll be dealing with. So um, we really had a good time doing that, and I'm sure there have been a bunch of other things, but uh, that's enough for now, so we'll let somebody else fill in. Amen. Pastor Steve. Well, amen. Uh, it's good to be back again and uh, with you guys. Uh, uh, strangely enough, I, I kind of miss the banter that we have, so... Uh, uh, maybe people that are unfamiliar with <laughs> uh, But uh, as Pastor Strobel, it's, it's been really busy. And, and you know, uh, just for those folks out there that are listening, you know, it hasn't been because we haven't tried to get dates to, together to, to do a podcast. It's just with the schedules that we're all keeping, it was just uh, really difficult to get an uh, enough of us together at one time to be able to do that. But uh, one thing that, that we did uh, with our church, one of the fellows uh, uh, arranged for uh, a group from our church to go carol at the at the mall. Uh, we did it at one of the local malls here in the Buffalo area. And uh, it, it almost was a disaster because somebody came in and, and pushed us out of the spot that we were supposed to be in. Uh, with the piano that we were supposed to have, and they were doing a piano recital. And uh, we had a number of people that came out to do this thing specifically, and we're all standing around, milling around. And, and not to be denied, uh, this brother Dave and myself went around uh, to whoever we could find. Uh, it was on a Saturday, so the, the bigwigs were gone. 
and finally got a hold of somebody who made a call and we finally found another spot that we could do this and we we decided to do it a cappella and we had probably 30 people maybe more and uh, uh previously we had made up i guess you could call them gift bags that had you know, a little bit of candy uh, uh a couple of tracks uh, some information and things like that and the ladies sewed up these little bags and and put all that material in there we had probably over 400 of those and um, uh, we stood a, against a wall facing down towards uh, uh, a corridor towards one of the big box stores, J.C. Penney's. And then the food court was just off to our left. And uh, we made such a sound. It was, it was incredible, the sound that we made. And we did it all a cappella and had all the, the different voices. So we sang it as a choir and it really, really came out well. People were standing around just watching us and and uh, enjoying the the carols. We didn't do anything like Frosty the Snowman or anything else. It was all church carols that we did, and and uh, they seemed to really, really appreciate it. And and once we'd stop, you know, um, uh, you know, a few people would drift off, and new people would come in, and and we probably sang for about an hour or so got out all of those gift bags and and that wasn't enough we got probably another two or three hundred tracks out after that uh with the permission of the of the facility so it was it was like they weren't chasing us out but uh everybody was in good spirits everybody enjoyed uh, the time that we 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 and hopefully by the grace of god uh, some of those tracks will produce some fruit in the lives of uh, those people that received them uh christmas was real good had everybody there at the house on christmas day and and uh, had a good time uh, opening gifts and eating and playing games afterwards and uh my daughter-in-law made up uh, these t-shirts and and they were pretty cool all of us got uh Got one that had a, a particular saying on it, and Matt received his, and thought that was pretty cool. Uh, if he wants to tell you what they were, he can do that. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty neat, just uh, that type of thing. We had, I had to go back uh, to Indiana over the uh, New Year's New Year's uh, weekend. Uh, saw my dad, picked up a, a truck, and drove it back. On the way back, I stopped in Toledo where where my daughter is, and we went to their uh, her church for a watch night service and then for uh, uh, Sunday night. Uh, they didn't have a Sunday morning service because they had everybody out too late uh, the night before. But uh, we prayed in the new year, had a watch night service, as Pastor Strobel described, and, and just had a good time of fellowship and some games that they played and, and preaching and and uh, just really enjoyed that time. Um, just one last thing. Uh, I think I might have mentioned it before, but a uh, fellow that I've dealt with at uh, work uh, has finally consented to to want to do uh, uh, some discipleship. And so this next week coming up, we'll, uh, we'll get together and uh, we'll start uh, discipling there and... and uh, Hopefully we can get through some things and get him grounded and so forth. I have to say what precipitated or what helped get him to this point was that uh, I made a copy of all of the podcasts that we have done. And uh, he put it on his iPod, MP3, whatever he has. And uh, he would listen to them while he worked. 
And he's listened to all of them, some of them up to 10 times. Wow. And uh, he come back with questions, and uh, his, his countenance has, uh, has changed. <laughs> and uh, he has a, a thirst to learn the Bible, and, and uh, so it was really good. We had a, I had a chance, one more thing, I just had a chance, uh, our church goes down to one of the missions, uh, a fellow by the name of Pete Wigdor has a mission in Buffalo called Char- uh, Charity Mission. And uh, we were right before Christmas, uh, Tuesday before Christmas, and I got a chance to preach there, and uh, we sang some songs. We provided the meal for uh, them instead of their own people, which was kind of a break for for those people, and they really appreciated that. But uh, Frank actually came to that uh, by the by my invitation, and he really enjoyed that. So it's uh, it's been a real good time, and. Uh, have not been uh, uh, around here without, uh, with a lack of anything to do. We've just been really busy. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. Steve, with that, when you guys uh, sang in a mall, is that where you were at? Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. We got permission uh, to come in uh, and even to distribute the, the information that we had. So, which, which mall was it? It was McKinley Mall hmm. in Hamburg, New York. And uh, I mean to tell you, when we first started that first song, we started with Joy of the World. And, oh, man, the sound that came out of those people. <laughs> I mean, it was like, like we had about 30 angels singing with us, Amen. too. And it was, it was really something else. And uh, uh, everybody, when they, you know, when the eyebrows of the people singing raise when they hear themselves, you know, <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know it's coming out pretty good, you Amen. know. <laughs> That's good. So it was a lot of fun. Amen. And Matt, Matt hasn't been with us in in, a, in quite a while. Yeah, you guys kicked me out for a while. And do you know do you know what your uh, nickname has has really come to be? Is Matt Man right? Matt Man. Matt yep. Man. Matt Man. <laughs> I heard the boy wonder last. No, you're you're the you're the Matt Man. The Matt Man. Yeah. Right. Yep. You you have you have been. Um, elevated to Matt Man status. Not, not a boy anymore. No. Wow. You got a promotion. There, see what you I, missed I think when there's. You, when you I don't think there's tune in? Yeah, see, there's some punchline coming about right now. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> I know it's coming. Do you? I know you guys way too well. well why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, how, how have things been? Oh, they've been really good. We uh, we also had the opportunity to, to um, be able to go and do some caroling. We went to. Uh, a place next to our church, probably about 15 minutes away. It's a local IGA, uh, kind of a food store. And we were able to carol out there, and I was able to hand out gospel tracts. And a lot of what you get from people is they say, boy, they, you know, they, how they really miss the old songs that you never hear anymore, you know, old mm-hmm. carols. And, mm-hmm. and it's true. I mean, when I'm at work all day, all I hear is the uh, doctored up carols, <laughs> like the rock and roll music and and uh, my wife can tell you when I get home, I'm so sick of Christmas music uh, because it's not the good stuff. It's it's the uh, doctored up rock rock songs that uh, really don't bring any any joy to you at all. And uh, so it was a blessing to do that. Uh, we were able to hand out a lot of gospel tracks. Only one person uh, would not take one. Um, and then also, um, I guess it was New Year's Day that Sunday. Uh, we had some preachers that were able to preach as well, and. Um, the Lord allowed me to be able to preach for uh, 15 minutes, so that was a blessing because I don't usually 
get an opportunity to be able to preach in, in church. So I always take that advantage of that whenever I'm able to. So uh, that was a blessing. And just uh, we've been keeping busy. We uh, we did go to uh, Pastor Steve's, my, my father-in-law's, and uh, we did get that shirt. I got a shirt, and it says, I've got it right in front of me. It says, think you're tough. I married a bear. <laughs> and uh, that's because, of course, my wife's maiden name is a bear, which is B-A-E-R. And it has this huge uh, um, bear pretty much chomping through a wall or chomping through the shirt. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's good. So, but uh, so I got that. And, and I had a blessing just a couple of days ago. I was able to uh, talk to uh, a Christian. I, I believe she's saved. Her name's Kathy. And, uh, she, we got talking about it and she said that she wasn't, she was kind of feeling me out for a little while. I think she, she said to me, she's like, well, I can't, I can't wait for the kingdom for Christ to bring the, bring in the king, kingdom. Can you? And, uh, and I said, well, I'm not waiting for the kingdom. I'm waiting for Jesus Christ to come back and get me first. <laughs> and, uh, so I was able to go through some verses on why Jesus Christ is going to come back first and take the church away. And, then the tribulation will take place. And she kept saying, boy, I hope you're right. I hope you're right that we're not going to be here for the tribulation. And so I was able to give her a bunch of verses on that. And I was able to um, just try and hopefully give her a little bit of comfort, you know, because those those that believe that they're going to go through the tribulation, that's that's no comfort to be able to go through that. And I, I gave, her, gave her our church website, so hopefully she'll be able to check it out. And uh, so maybe she'll even be listening to this. So if you're listening, Kathy, um, it was a blessing to meet you, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again, see each other again. But but uh, it was just neat. It was neat to see another Christian, you know, that you're able to talk to that you don't even know, um, and you just be able to start up a conversation like that and talk about the Bible, which is which is just a blessing. So it's been busy, but it's been uh, it's been a great time. Amen. So you really are the Matt man. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All together now. <laughs> there we go. Listen, if you listen, it sounds like it's Batman. It sounds like the same Batman. <laughs> oh. See, we have, to, a we, have to do, low. <laughs> we have to do video now with me, you know, the punching and the pow and the, all that kind of stuff, taking people out. Oh, boy. You can be throwing gospel tracks or something. Right? Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we, we actually thought about last, uh, the last show we, we didn't record, actually. That is that the, is that the secret list. messages you guys were passing back and forth before we started the show? Just wanted to make sure I had your theme song ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew something was going on. So you, you were, we, I think, well, the last theme song you had was the Casper theme song, but we <laughs> we moved up to the uh, the Matt. Matt, I, I just would stick with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. I mean, Casper. How, <laughs> how can I go any further up than that? I mean, that's pretty good. That's, that's awesome. We, you remember the picture for the the ghost uh, show? Yeah. <laughs> we could do something with the uh, Matt Man here. <laughs> oh, man. Replace my uh, head on the top of the website with that. 
<laughs> Put a mask on me or something. Oh, that's a great oh. idea. Yeah. And I'm glad you thought of it. <laughs> Put a little cowl or something over As long there. as you're Robin, uh, Robin uh, Pastor Strobel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Steve's glad he got left out of that one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was coming to him. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. And uh, let's see. What did I do over the, uh, over the break? Actually, um, uh, Pastor Matt here, uh, Pastor Matt Smith, who was a pastor here at the church I attend at Tri-City Baptist in Vestal, um, his wife, uh, we've actually been recording a CD so working on a CD recording of some gospel tunes. And uh, we, we were hoping to have that actually finished by Christmas time, but it didn't work out. So we're still recording and going to record again next week. And you don't realize how time-consuming recording those things are until you start to do it and listen back and think, oh, we need to do that again and, and add some different... Uh, different vocal harmonies and things because she's recording it all herself except the one that she recorded with um, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Was that, that was Jennifer Bear at the time, wasn't it? I believe it was. Yes, it was. So I did that. I went to Lockport and started to get sick while I was there and also hurt my back. So I made a speedy exit, came back and was sick here for the last week. Mm. with um, uh, sinus infection and a really bad back. Um, and I went to the doctor the other day and gave me some meds for that, and so things seem to be a little better. All right, let's do this one. We'll be right back after this. Heaven? Does it really exist? What is it like? Where is it located? What will we do there? If it's not the old image of sitting around with a harp, then what? Find out what the Bible has to say in episode 29. Bible Facts About Heaven. Only on FactsInTheBible.com Is there life on other planets? Many wonder and ponder the subject, but does the Bible have anything to say about it? Listen to episode 32, Are We Alone in the Universe? Only on that's in the Bible.com. All right. And that was a word from our sponsor, which is us. <laughs> That's well in the said. Bible. So, um, anything else we need to cover before we do today's a lesson on is theistic evolution biblical? I'm not, fa- I'm not fast enough to do the crickets either. I'm I'm a little bit out of practice here. So, uh, Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here you go. Uh, 
All right, guys. Thank you. Well, again, the study tonight is theistic is theistic evolution biblical, and that's that's the main question. That's what we're looking for tonight. And uh, you know, creation and evolution—they're hot topics. I mean, wherever you bring them up, doesn't matter whether you bring them up in uh, school, whether it be middle school, high school, college, or even your workplace. Just try and bring that up and see what kind of responses you get from some people. Uh, you're going to have some pretty heated discussions, and a lot of times, you know, when Christians bring it up. They don't get heated about it, but a lot of evolutionists, you know, people that believe in the theory of evolution, they start getting pretty upset, get heated and raise their voices. And and the reason why is because, you know, really the whole world has been programmed uh, really these days to believe that evolution is a fact. And, you know, if you believe in the biblical account of creation, uh, they say it's just a fairy tale, you know, that you're crazy if you believe that. And that's just because, you know, from little kids all the way up until even pretty much the day that we die, we're just programmed by the television, by the school systems, by other things that we uh, go about day-to-day lives. They try and just tell you that uh, evolution is a fact. Now, and it, it's too bad, you know, the school systems, they, they teach you that and they say, listen, uh, there's no other solution to why we're here or how we got here other than by evolution. And uh, really the reason why I came up with this, um, this study for tonight is because a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were driving to church and sometime we listened to um, a conservative uh, radio station, a uh, political radio station. And this uh, conservative radio host was on and usually we like to listen to him. He's pretty good. Uh, some areas, of course, we don't agree with, but he's pretty good with uh, you know pro-Israel uh, and, and very conservative on a lot of stands and things like that. And he's even said before, I've heard him say, that he wishes that the Ten Commandments would be put back into the school systems and into the um, into the different areas that it should go, like uh, the juries and jury systems and everything like that. And uh, But one thing that he did, which I did not like at all, was he did a whole show on evolution. Now, that's not a bad thing to do a whole show on evolution, but what he did was he said, I want anybody, anybody that can call in and we'll talk about uh, the theory of evolution and tell me what you think about it. And of course, uh, some Christians called in, and uh, as we were listening to it, we were pretty shocked by what he did. But uh, the Christians would come in and say, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. And they were actually really sound on the Bible. And uh, But this host, this radio host, just uh, shut them right up and said, oh, you guys are crazy to believe that. You know, there's nobody that with a sane mind that thinks that the biblical account of creation in the book of Genesis is real, that Noah's Ark is never took place. And uh, he even said that if you believe uh, anything but evolution— you know, if you don't believe evolution, then you have to throw out science. And that's what a lot of evolution evolutionists try and claim is that, listen, if you don't believe in evolution, then you have to throw out the rest of science. But that's not true at all. And uh, if you do any research at all, you know that there's a lot of actual scientists that believe in a literal creation by God Almighty of this world and us and all that is in uh, this world and the heavens. And uh, <clears throat> as me being an uh, x-ray technician and in the uh, medical field. Uh, I found this was pretty fascinating. This uh, gentleman's name is Raymond Vahan Demadian, and I probably butchered his last name there, but Raymond Vahan Demadian, and uh, he's the one, he's the person that actually um, um, created the MRI machine, and that's the magnetic resonance imaging uh, machine. And that's uh, all that is, is a huge uh, magnet that you can actually see a lot of uh, different areas such as um, uh, soft tissue, such as tendons, muscles, things like that that you can't see on x-rays. 
and uh, he was the one that created that. And just so you know, he was a fun, and he is, he's still alive. He's a fundamental Christian and is young earth creationist. And uh, so this is a gentleman here that created the MRI machine in the early 80s when it came out. And now uh, I can tell you firsthand account, it's helped a lot of people out. It's helped the doctors out to be able to tell what kind of surgery they need to do. Um, they can go in arthros uh, by uh, doing arthroscopies and things like that and be able to heal people up rather than, rather than having to go in there and actually you know, dig around to see what's wrong. They can go uh, and get an MRI. And uh, this gentleman was not an evolutionist. He did not believe in evolution. He still does not believe in evolution. And uh, that didn't hurt him one bit. He's a scientist that created this machine. And uh, see, there, there, even if you don't believe in evolution, that doesn't mean you have to throw out science. You know, and, and this is one of the things that I always bring up is what has evolution ever done to further uh, science as a whole. I mean, what has it done to help uh, the health field out? You go up to a doctor and you ask, uh, you know, what have you learned from evolution that's helped you in doing surgery or doing other things such as helping people out? Uh, they have no answers for that. They can't say, yeah, well, this that I learned from evolution has helped me be able to be a better surgeon. Nothing. And uh, if you want to do any study on that to see that um, there's many scientists that believe in a young earth and also, they believe in uh, the creation by God Almighty. Uh, you can go to the Creation Research Research Society, and uh, if you look at that, this uh, this society actually has over 600 scientists, and this is past and present. And uh, to be a member of this society, you have to have at least a master's degree in a recognized area of science. So, you have no problem with uh, with scientists actually not believing in evolution. So anyway, this uh, radio host was just saying, oh, you know, these people can't know more than me. And he was kind of flaunting his uh, two PhDs that he had and saying these Christians can't know more than me and just pretty much saying that Christians are ignorant and they don't believe in science and all that kind of stuff. But let me start off by saying here, we at That's in the Bible, we have absolutely no problem with science. I love science. I think it's fascinating. I loved uh, physics going through high school. Chemistry, I didn't like as much because it was more equations and you had to do more number crunching and thing like, things like that. But physics was something where it was hands-on. You were able to do a lot of different experiments and things. And I love science. I think it's great. But there's something that you do have to watch out for. And that's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20, where the Bible says, Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. Now, here you can see that God warns us that there will be things called science that are actually not, really are not science at all. They're just called science, but they're not. They're falsely called science. And what they'll do is they'll not only oppose the Bible, but they'll actually oppose real science. Now, again, like I said before, there's nothing wrong with real science. If you look in uh, Daniel chapter 1, the very, very beginning of the chapter there, in the book of Daniel chapter 1, uh, you have the carrying away of a lot of the Jews uh, to Babylon. And you have them actually picking out some choice uh, young gentlemen that are very fair and things like that that they want to bring to Nebuchadnezzar. And it says in verse 4 that these children were skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them. They understood silence. And one of these gentlemen, you'll look if you go on in this chapter of Daniel, you'll see that one of them was actually, actually Daniel. And uh, if you know anything about Daniel, he was a great man of God. And it says in, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 14, he was a very, very righteous man. And uh, if you look in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 3, when God is talking to Satan, he says, Behold, thou art wiser 
then Daniel. So that puts Daniel in a pretty good light that he was pretty wise. I mean, when he says, behold, thou talking to Satan art wiser than Daniel, that's like saying to somebody, you are taller than one of the tallest men in this country. I mean, that the person that you're taller than is one of the tallest men in the country. They're very tall. And that's what he's saying here to to uh, Satan is, listen, Daniel's very, very smart. He's very smart, but you're actually smarter than him. You know, the devil, of course, is a very smart man, but this shows you that even with Daniel being very smart, he also had a great understanding of science. So what you have to understand is God has absolutely no problem with real, real science, and neither does a Christian. A Christian has absolutely no problem with real science, but we have a problem with science that's falsely so-called, and uh, which would be evolution. And I'm going to go over that here as we go. Now, I'm just going to uh, bring up here a basic outline of what you believe, of what the Bible teaches on the creation account. And I'm going to go over just kind of a basic outline of what the evolutionists believe. So first with the creation, uh, the creation account by the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then about 6,000 years ago, uh, God made the first man and woman and called them Adam and Eve. And then about 4,400 years ago, there was a big flood that covered the entire earth in which God saved Noah and his family. And of course, from Noah and his family and uh, his three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, we get the all the nations of the different worlds today, all the different uh, nationalities. Uh, but then you have the evolutionists. And this is what the, evolutionists, the evolutionary theory states. They say 18 to 20 billion years ago, there was a big bang of material that somehow appeared on their own from nothing. Then 4.6 billion years ago, the earth cooled down, creating a hard rocky crust. And then it rained on the rocks for millions of years, creating oceans. And then from these oceans of complex molecules came life 3 billion years ago. And then somehow this life form that came about from that ocean found something to eat, to survive, and then eventually found someone to reproduce with before they died. I mean, that's what the evolutionists say, and, and uh, my next podcast, Lord willing, will be um, focused mainly on, is evolution scientific? And I'm going to go over more about what the evolutionists believe in there and go kind of more in depth and go over how it's not scientific at all. But tonight, what I want to uh, focus mainly on is this, uh, this theory of uh, using evolution in biblical creation. And to kind of explain that, I want to go over the... Uh, kind of the world's term or the definition of what theistic evolution is. And I'm just getting this from Wikipedia here. You can look up wherever you want a definition. It's all going to be about the same. And uh, this says here that theistic evolution or evolutionary creation is a concept that asserts that classical religious teachings about God are compatible with the modern scientific understanding about biological evolution. In short, these theistic evolutionists believe that there is a God, that God is the creator of the material universe and by consequence all life within, and the biological evolution is simply a natural process within that creation. Evolution, according to this view, is simply a tool that God employed to, to develop human life. So they say that there is a God, but what God did was he used this evolution, this evolution to create what we have today, that we see today. Now, um, from the two outlines that I gave you of um, the biblical creation account and the evolutionary, uh, if you want to say cre creation account, uh, are total polar opposites. I mean, you can't look at those and say, well, yeah, they're pretty similar. They, they seem like they can go together pretty well. That's what I'm going to do tonight is I want to show you 
how these two cannot possibly go together. I mean, when you say theistic evolution, um, that's almost like an oxymoron because when you bring um, the Bible and the Bible account and God and try and incorporate with this theory of evolution, um, I'm going to show you how it's one of the most damaging and uh, really one of the most stupid theories that are out there. Um, what I want to do first is I want to show you from the Bible what the Bible says about creation, how God created things. Um, you know, what you have to do to get rid of um, the, um, the theory that, um, that evolution is false is you have to use the Word of God. Because, you know, if you see a building across the way and you say, boy, I wonder how that was made. I wonder when it was made. I wonder how they um, built all of that. Well, you're not going to go and you're not just going to ask people off the streets, well, hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You're going to go to the actual creator and say, hey, how did you how did you build this? How did this come about? And you're going to go to him and you're going to actually ask him and he's going to give you the answers. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to go in the Bible and give you the answers. But just as this um, radio talk show host was talking about on the uh, on the air, he was saying, well, listen, there's nothing wrong with believing in God but also believing that evolution took place as well. But see, the problem is to do that, you have to throw out the Bible. You have to throw out um, the whole entire Genesis account. You have to throw out not only the Genesis account, but the rest of the Bible, even the New Testament. Um, just to give you an example, I was uh, listening to Bill O'Reilly <laughs> um, uh, probably about a week ago, and uh, he was talking to somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but Bill O'Reilly says that he believes in God and things like that. Um, but he was talking to a um, to, to somebody that was an atheist and does and believes in the evolution theory, and so the person that believes in the evolution theory was like, "Well, hey, listen, you believe in uh, Noah's flood and that uh, they got on the ark and all that kind of stuff." And so Bill O'Reilly stopped him and said, "No, no, no, I don't know anybody that I know that believes in the literal account of Noah's flood." He said, I don't know anybody that believes that. And he said, uh, I think it would be stupid to, ha to believe that. I mean, we know that that's figurative. And that's what people do. They take the Genesis account and they took a lot of things in the Bible. And instead of taking it literally, that it was literal events that took place, they say, no, this is just figurative. You know, God didn't really mean what he said. He's just trying to give you a greater meaning out of it. It didn't really take place. But I'm going to show you from the Bible how that's false and you cannot do that with the Bible. But first, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, and of course, this is the book of the beginnings. And in verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the Bible says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now first, uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. I'm just going to mention it real quick. Right here in verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now we don't know when that was. We don't know when God created the heaven and the earth. Uh, because in verse 2 here, we see that something happened to the heavens and the earth. We see that um, Satan fell. Um, we don't know how long of a period of time that was. I don't think it was that long, but we don't know. But it doesn't matter for this study. It doesn't matter for how long we've been about. It doesn't matter for the evolution uh, theory to try and prove that wrong. All we know is that um, that Satan fell, and this is where he fell. He was on this earth for a while with other angels. He wasn't, you know, there was no human beings developed or anything like that or created. Uh, what this was is it was a time when Satan was here and he fell. But in verse 3, we have something that takes place, and that's the recreation. This is the six literal days of creation now in verse 3. And the Bible says in verse 3, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God goes on, and he uh, goes ahead, and he makes 
all the worlds, everything that we see. And we're going to go back to this in Genesis chapter 1, but I just wanted to uh, point that out real quick. But uh, I want you to know that God Almighty did not create things and create everything that we see in millions of years and billions of years. He created it in six literal days. Now, some will try and tell you again, like I said, that uh, you can't take the book of Genesis literal, that it's got to be figurative. Not only that, they'll even tell you that the uh, when it says um, the first day and the second day and the third day, they'll say that those days should not really say days or mean days. It should really say uh, it was an era or um, it was something of that effect, that the day should really say um, – um, I'm trying to remember what exactly they say, but they say era or the age. That's what they try and say. They try and say that the instead of it saying day, it should say age so that they can fit in billions of years and millions of years and that God took millions of years for that to take place. But if you look in the Bible, turn with me to Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. Here, of course, we have the account of God giving the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel, and he writes the Ten Commandments with his own finger on these two tables of stone. So we have no doubt who this is from. It's from God Almighty, from his own hand. And this is what he writes down. It says here in Exodus chapter 20. And look at verse 8. We'll start there. And the Bible says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now listen, there's no doubt if you really truly believe what God said that the literal creation that God has made that we see today was made in six literal days. He didn't say six million years. He didn't say six billion years. He said it took place in six days. Now, really, that should be enough to convince anybody. That should be enough right there to say, okay, you're right. It only took six literal days, but let's not stop there. Turn with me to John chapter one. John chapter one. I'm going to show you tonight, without a doubt, that theistic evolution cannot be possible. You either believe in the biblical creation or you believe in the theory of evolution. You can't believe in both. You can't use both. John chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, so again, we're back to the creation. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, that's a name, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So we have this W-O-R-D, capital W-O-R-D, that is Jesus Christ, and he made everything. And you say, how do you know that's Jesus Christ? Well, look over with me to verse 14, and the Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That Word was made flesh. We know that's Jesus Christ. If you go on here, it talks about John bearing witnessing of him. And uh, you'll see that when John actually sees Jesus Christ coming, he says, that's of whom I spoke. And he says, it's Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. That's Jesus Christ. And he actually created everything that we see. He was there in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 1. He was there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, creating everything that we see today. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, if you'll turn there. 
Colossians chapter 1. And if you start in verse 16. And the Bible says, for by him, talking about Jesus Christ, if you go up a few verses, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Those are, there's no doubt about it that Jesus Christ was the one that created everything that we see today. Now, since Jesus Christ was the one that created everything, let's see if he takes the biblical account of creation in the book of Genesis as literal or as figurative. Because like I said before, if you believe in theistic evolution, you have to take uh, the book of Genesis as being figurative. But let's look at what Jesus Christ says. Uh, turn with me to John chapter 8. Now, of course, one of the first characters that shows up in the book of Genesis is the devil. Well, if the devil in the book of Genesis is just figurative, then what is Jesus Christ doing here? Where he says in John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So Jesus Christ, from his own mouth, tells you that uh, the devil is actually real, and he was real in the book of Genesis. All right, now let's turn to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. And start in verse 3. The Bible says, The Pharisees also came unto him, coming to Jesus, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let man, no man put asunder. So Jesus Christ is saying right there, Hey, haven't you heard that when God Almighty made Adam and Eve, he made a male and female, and he wanted them to get married, and he actually brought them together. And uh, Jesus Christ is telling you right here that the book of Genesis is to be taken literally, that it was actually literal events that took place. It's history. Um, also, if you want to look in Luke chapter 11 with me real quick. Luke chapter 11 and verse 50. Bible says that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be required at this generation. God's saying here, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, is tells us right here that Abel historically was the first prophet killed, uh, just as the book of Genesis states. All right, let's keep going here. And... Um, Let's see. Let's go to John chapter 8 one more time. John chapter 8. We already looked at this passage, but when you have time on your own, I'm not going to have time to do it tonight. I don't want to take too much time here. But if you look at John chapter 8 and you go from uh, verse, let's see, 36 or even no, even starting verse 33, John chapter 8, verse 33, all the way to 59, you'll see Abraham. Jesus Christ talking about Abraham and Abraham's seed. Um, you'll see here that Abraham was a real man. He was a real man. 
in the book of Genesis. And if you look here in verse 33, it says, They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whomsoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And if you go on, again, you can go uh, to, um, uh, let's see here. If you go to verse 37, it says, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Jesus Christ is saying to these uh, Jews right here that, that they actually are descendants from a literal man spoke about in the book of Genesis called Abraham. So you can see again that Jesus Christ says the book of Genesis is supposed to be taken literally and exactly how God says it. Look at uh, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 26. And the Bible says, and as it is in, uh, I'm sorry, as it, it, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. So here first we have uh, Noah, and Jesus Christ is saying that uh, Noah and his family they were literal, physical people that took place in history, that got into an ark, that God saved with that ark while he destroyed all the rest of the flesh that was uh, um, underneath the water there. And then also in verse 28, likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone um, from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So again, he brings up Lot as well. He brings up a real physical, literal man in the book of Genesis. And he says, just as those things physically, literally took place in history, so will it be when I come back. He says, when I come back, it's going to be just like those times. Um, listen, Jesus Christ is physically, literally coming back in the future. He's going to come back. It could be any day. And he says it's going to take place. Uh, it's going to be just like it was back then. So he says it's a literal, physical thing that took place. And the reason why I keep um, trying to um, emphasize that is because so many people try and say, well, you can't take the book of Genesis literally. I mean, I take the New Testament. I heard Bill O'Reilly saying this. Uh, he was saying that, listen, I am a New Testament Christian. I take the New Testament and the Old Testament is just figuratively, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just nice things to read. But I take Jesus Christ's teachings. And when I was listening to that, I said right to the TV, I said, are you kidding me? How could you say that you read the Bible when Jesus Christ says so many of these things that took place in Genesis really took place? Now turn with me to Psalm chapter 33. Psalm chapter 33. And look at verse 6, Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Now go to verse 9. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Now the Bible says here that when God created everything that we see, he spoke all the worlds, everything that we see into existence. It didn't take millions of years and it didn't take uh, billions of years. When he speaks, it was done. It brought forth. Every time he spoke, uh, it came forth. Now, when you look in the Bible, 
again, since we saw that Jesus Christ was the one that created everything, when Jesus Christ was down here on the earth and he was performing all those miracles, guess what he did? He spoke. And when he spoke those things, it came to pass right away. When he turned the water into wine, it was instantaneous. Uh, When he calmed the wind and the waves for his disciples, when they were in the midst of that uh, terrible uh, storm that was going on, he calmed it down with his voice when he spoke, and it was instantaneous. when he uh, said to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed and go unto thy house. The Bible says that that sick man of the palsy, it says that he arose and departed to his house. It was instantaneous. When Christ said to Lazarus that was dead, he said, come forth. And the Bible says that Lazarus right here, and it says that he that was dead came forth. Now, he did not speak and wait for days or weeks or years. Every time that Jesus Christ speaks, it's done right then and there. And that's the same thing with the book of Genesis. That's the same thing when he creates everything. He spoke everything into existence, and right when he spoke, it came to be perfectly, exactly how he wanted it. And now turn back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And we'll see God speaking these things right into existence. John chapter 1. And start in verse 3. And God said, let there be light. There he is. He's speaking it, and here it comes into existence. And there was light. I don't see any millions of years. I don't see any billions of years. It says he spoke it, and there was light. Just as Psalm chapter 33 says, just as Jesus Christ was on this earth, every time he spoke, it came to pass. Every time you look at the Bible, you need to uh, take every verse. You need to compare scripture with scripture to see what the truth is. Now look in verse four, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Now look how long it took him to make this. Look how long when he spoke this, how many days, how many years, how many uh, how many uh, millions of years. It says right here, in the evening and the morning were the first day. It can't be any more plain than that. It was the first day. It's exactly what God says. And in verse 6 it says, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. All right, there you have the second day. Verse 9, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto, the, unto one place, and let the dry land appear. So he spoke it, and look now, and it was so. So he spoke it, and it came forth, and it did exactly what he said. As you go down, again, when you go through in your own studies, look through this whole Genesis chapter 1, through the whole entire chapter. Every time Jesus Christ speaks, it's brought forth. Verse 14 says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give it upon the earth. And it was so. Every time you see that God speaks, it comes forth right away. And it says that after he, uh, after he spoke it, it came forth, and it was one day. Every single time, it never comes to fail. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're coming here to a close. It was very hard for me to try and pick out what I would say. I mean, there's so many things. Uh, you know, this study could be four or five hours, but of course, um, attention spans, all that kind of stuff. Um, I wouldn't have you for that long. So this is, uh, we're coming to a close here. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. And of course, this is Paul speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. And so it is written 
the first man Adam was a living was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now look in verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives you two men here. He gives you Adam, that was of course created in the book of Genesis. He was created right away by God Almighty. Didn't take evolution process, didn't take anything. Adam was created by God. He was formed out of the dust of the ground, and he was created. And it says here also that there was Jesus Christ. By Adam all die, but by Jesus Christ shall all be made alive. Now, if you're going to take Adam and you're going to make him figurative and not literal, then you're going to have a problem because there are so many people, not only Jesus Christ, but Paul and many others that have told you that Jesus, that uh, that Adam and many of the other historical people in the book of Genesis were real. And the events that took place were actually historically events that took place. But again, the danger of you saying that you believe in theistic evolution, that God used evolution to bring about what we see today, is you're actually hurting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it says here in verse 22, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Listen, the evolution theory tells you that it was God's plan to bring death into the world. I mean, think about it. They say that, um, you know, the best come out of, uh, of the pool there. So say you got this organism that comes out of that pool. Well, you're going to have to have a lot of uh, animals, a lot of different um, species die before they're able to actually live on their own, before they're able to reproduce. You're going to have millions and millions of deaths before you even get the first, um, the first maybe uh, tadpole or whatever. And then especially when you get up to maybe monkeys or whatever they try and say that that is, you're going to have many, many deaths before you get something that comes about that is good. But that's not God. See, God says that he made everything perfect. He made everything perfect when he created it. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. See, the evolutionists have it backwards. They say that God brought about death in this world. But see, they're not looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, you're right, God. I was the one that brought death in the world because of my sin. Listen, if you're not saved today, if you're listening to this right now, um, you know, the evolutionist theory says that we're getting better and better. We're still evolving. We're getting better. But God says you're getting worse and worse and worse. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, the next verse says that Jesus Christ, God Almighty, knows your heart and he knows it's wicked. He knows that you've sinned. And that's why the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, you cannot believe that Jesus Christ created all the worlds. You can't believe that he's the savior of the world, but also say, well, hey, I'm going to go along with evolution as well. I'm going to say that, hey, uh, God brought about evolution uh, to bring what he's brought today. You can't be a Bible-believing Christian and say that. Thanks a lot, guys. Amen. Good job, Matt. Amen. Amen. Pastor Steve. Well, good study. Uh, like Matt says, there's always a lot of uh, information there. It, it, um, <laughs> uh, 
with all the things that you've said, it's kind of hard to think of something else to say uh, added on to that. Um, you know, the, the, the position that I believe all of us take, we're hit from either side. We're either hit by the creationist or we're hit by the, by the evolutionist uh, for one thing or another. Uh, but a Bible believer believes the Bible and, and uh, can uh, rest and settle in that fact. Uh, just, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, how can I say this? Um, uh, just a little explanation of what I mean there by, by being hip on both sides. Uh, when you believe in a gap, which we've already covered on this program or on the podcasts, uh, the creationists think that we're uh, theistic evolutionists because we have to f- fill in for thousands and thousands and millions and millions of years. And then the evolutionists obviously think that uh, we're, uh, uh, you know, creationists, if you will, because we believe in six or days. It's just, it's just a hodgepodge of mess. And really, all evolutionists are are people that want to have no responsibility to a superior being for their lifestyle. Uh, they don't want any accountability to God. They uh, they don't believe in a place called hell because it's a horrible place and they can't imagine somebody going there. So they have to air condition hell or get rid of it one way or another, and the evolutionists do that by by saying that it doesn't exist and God doesn't exist and everything else is all just fairy tales. I thought it was interesting when you s- spoke at the beginning about uh, someone who takes a, a conservative stand, even saying that they believe in God, but yet they don't believe the Bible. That's right. Uh, it's, it's amazing the number of people that you run into that have that belief, that there is a superior being, um, but it's the superior being that I make up in my own mind. It's not the God of the Bible. Because there again, they have to be accountable to him uh, if he is the God of the Bible. And so... Uh, you know, uh, just amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I could say it any other way. It's just the uh, the way people live today, what they've been brainwashed with for the last 50 to 60 years, maybe even more than that, has just led them to this point where there's no foundation, there's no sure stance that anyone can take it's almost like in the days of the judges, everybody did that which was right in his own eyes uh, because they don't want to be held accountable to a God that has a definite stance or a definite belief in things. And so uh, I, I'm glad you brought this, this topic up. I'm sure there's a lot more things you've got in store for us with what's coming up in your next turn. But uh, suffice it to say that that we are not theistic evolutionists. <laughs> yeah. We are biblical creationists and believe the Bible. Amen. Amen. Pastor Strobel. Amen. And that, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to just believing the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can either believe the Bible or you believe something else. And if you throw out the Bible, look, one fairy tale is just as much merit as another. Yeah, and you open, you open yourself just to believe anything. And um, in this program, uh, it's called That's in the Bible, and that's what we're interested in. And that's what uh, Brother Matt gave you tonight was uh, what was in the Bible. Uh, the idea of the, the gap and um, some, as Brother Steve said, creationists then thinking that uh, we're promoting 
um, theistic evolution is uh, nothing could be further from the truth. And I think Matt laid that out real well when he showed you the gap there tonight and then went into the six days of creation, which take place Mm -hmm. after the gap. So that's what we're interested in. I mean, there was an earth created uh, from which the devil, uh, who was uh, Lucifer and had a a position less than uh, fallen at one time, uh, him and the angels of God worshiped the Lord from there. And then that thing was uh, drowned out through the great deep. And um, then we had the creation of, uh, that we're on right now. So and that's what the six days were. Now, those six days, sometimes um, theistic evolutionists will point to Second Peter chapter 3 and say, well, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and mm-hmm. a thousand years is as one day. And they'll say, well, okay, well, they were not six 24-hour days, but six thousand-year days. But um, the same people that would say that sometimes put the earth as old as 10,000 years. So you can't have it both ways. You still yeah. can't do the math. But uh, let's, let's take it a step further. Uh, let's suppose that we're, we're correct, or let's, let's at least try to follow it through and see whether it could be correct. Uh, man was created on day six. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle. Uh, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Uh, continuing on, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, etc. Now that's Genesis 1, 26, 27, and part of 28. The day goes on of creation, and then it ends in verse 31 saying, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. All right, Adam's created on the sixth day. After the sixth day, there is a seventh day, we know, in which God rested. Now, if it's the day uh, age theory, some might call it, or uh, day with the Lord is a thousand years, if it's that right there in regard to the creation, then you have Adam's creation on day six at whatever point of the day he was created, which is not said. And let's just say it was the last thing that the Lord created, you know, at the very last minute of the day. You still got a seventh, seventh day, which puts Adam a minimum of a thousand years old after the, the day of rest there. Okay? And it's probably much earlier in the day than that. But Adam isn't a thousand years old when he dies. Adam dies after the creation, after God rests, after the, the, the fall of man. Um, he lives, and in Genesis 5, verse 5, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. <clears throat> so you can't use that thousand years to say, well, they weren't six 24-hour days because the math doesn't work. Adam would have had to have been over a thousand years old when he mm-hmm. died for that to have uh, any viability. So, um, once again, it's plain biblical creation, and um, uh, no, you don't have to you don't have to help God out to make it work. <laughs> On that, I just like to add to that as well. If you're going by that, saying that uh, each day is a thousand years or even more than that. If you look in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11, uh, you have the plants, the, all that kind of stuff that uh, needs photosynthesis. You know, they need the light from the sun to be able to live. That's how the plants live. And verse 11, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit. And it goes down, and verse 13 says, In the evening and the morning were the third day. So all those plants, plant life was created on the third day. 
But then in verse 14, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. That's the sun. That's the moon. The sun doesn't come about until the fourth day. Verse 19 says that this was the fourth day. So if you're saying that uh, it takes a thousand years for, for the uh, sun and all that stuff to come about, you have these plants living on their own without sunlight for a thousand years. It can't be. <laughs> They were phosphorus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was gonna I was gonna point to that same passage, Matt, that you just did, and that's one of the first things that struck me too was uh, how how's, how does that work? That doesn't work either, right? Yeah. So that was good. Well done. Amen. I happen to be I, I work in a public school, and I, I told Matt about this. I um, I'm at the high school this year, and. Uh, a science teacher who I actually like a lot. Um, he teaches earth science. And what was he doing? He was doing something, making copies or doing something, and started talking about, I don't know, the different periods of the ages. And, you know, and I said, Oh, come on, you don't really believe that, do you? <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, Of course. He goes, You don't. And I said, No, that's, that's, that's all made up. He goes, no, no. He goes, uh, there's, there's plenty. I said something about, well, what about the missing links? There's, let alone one missing links. There should be hundreds and thousands of missing links that, that, that don't appear. He goes, oh, yeah, they do. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, I got books. I got pictures of them all. I said, I like, I like to, I'd like to see them. He, yep. he hadn't shown me those yet. but Sometimes they, they try to dazzle you with, uh, with lies. Mm-hmm. See, that's what they've been taught. They've been taught that there's pictures, there's proof, but they never see the pictures while they're going to school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even the people that are teaching that stuff, they don't even have the proof either. They just go by word of mouth. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, when you're talking about those things, they have a lot of documentaries or things that they'll put on on public television. And they've got tremendous artists and tremendous graphic artists that that put all these wonderful pictures of things. And it's all made up in their own mind. Yeah. And and all the while they're saying could be, should be, or mm-hmm. might have been. Uh, they have no idea. They're just uh, postulating something that they they want to people to believe in, and that's not really true. They have no proof of it of any of it. And uh, you know, uh, you've got obviously the stories of making a whole man out of a, a tooth of a pig, and and all kinds of things along that line. <laughs> They're just tremendous imaginations that they have to try to produce these things. And, and people believe it hook, line, and sinker. And even when it's disproved, they still believe the lie rather than the truth. So it's just, you know, the hardest thing is trying to get people to see past the lie and to see the truth. And they want to believe a lie, as the scripture says. Amen. They'd rather believe a lie than to believe what God said. And, you know, you, you can't change their mind for them. I mean, you can present all the truth to them. You can show them the scripture. You can convince them with, with all the arguments. And unless they want to believe it, unless they want to believe God, they're not going to accept what you have to say. And don't, right. you, don't you think there's a, I think a tendency on, on some folks to want to believe the lie because if, if they have to believe that, okay, maybe evolution isn't true, then then they're going to be accountable. You yeah. Know, that, yep. Okay, if evolution's not true, then maybe there is something to this Bible, and, you know, 
I think That's for right. some some folks, they they don't want to think about it. Well, the other but, thing is they have to admit that they're they've been duped, and people don't want to admit admit that they've been deceived. They they would rather believe a lie, so that they can come off as being smart instead of stupid. Pastor mm-hmm. Strobel. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that's why the great attack of evolution is, is so it, it permeates just um, cultures and education. It's so strong because it attacks the very first verse in the Bible. Yep. And if you can do away with that in, in a person's mind, then they can throw out the rest of it. Yep. And um, and then there you go. You don't have to worry about accountability. You teach man that we all became, we or we all came from animals. And so, what does man behave like? A bunch of animals. Mm, and I right. think it was, I think it was very appropriately depicted um, some years ago in a very wicked uh, movie that was put out, and they called it uh, Animal House about college life. And I thought it was very well titled mm. uh, in light of uh, the behavior of, of mm. human beings that say, "All right, we we don't believe in there's believe in God. We don't believe we're accountable to Him." So. Look at watch us, watch us go, mm-hmm. and then of course you see what happens to people like that. And you can say you don't believe the Bible, and you can say it's not true, um, but you violate its laws, and you still pay a price Amen. Be- because uh, it it works whether a person believes it or not. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a kind of like a loaded gun. Mm-hmm. Say, well, you can go ahead and pull the trigger. I don't believe it's loaded. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a hard way to find out, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you shoot it, and the bullet's going to fly. And the Bible is a sword of the spirit. So, so we do on this program, we let it fly. Let folks go away spiritually bleeding if that's what needs yeah. to happen. <laughs> right. Amen. And uh, we did mention a little bit about the gap. That's uh, We covered some of that in episode 35 is the gap of theory. So if you're... If maybe that's something that you've heard for the first time today, you want some more information on that, you can tune into episode 35 is the gap of theory. All right. I didn't look to see who's up next. I think Pastor Strobel was going to go ahead and, I think, redo the one that uh, got messed up. Lord willing, we can plan on it. Uh, All right. See what happens. (laughs) Hopefully it gets recorded this time, right? (laughs) Oh, it was recorded last time. I just deleted it, unfortunately. Oh, boy. Um Yep, I was I was duly duly chastised for that. <laughs> what are you gonna? Well, like over there. That's how things get deleted, you know. Star Spangled Banner. I thought maybe taps would be more appropriate. Yeah. I couldn't find. I couldn't find. Couldn't find taps. Let's see. I rearranged some of my sound effects on the uh, on the board here, so I'm hitting buttons and they're not the right ones. <laughs> Sing something for us, Steve. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Oh, boy. All right, well, let's uh, I'll get the group here. There we go. I thought up. you were going to put my uh, theme song up. <laughs> you like it, so you, you mentioned it. You must like it. I do like it. <laughs> I figured you did. Well, we'll be hearing more of that, I'm sure. Matt, man. Oh, dear, how's that stay? So it won't be another month before we get back, Lord willing. Hopefully not. So um, we didn't ask, but next Thursday? I think 
that might work for me, Lord willing. All right. So we'll just take a look at the calendar. We'll sort that out off the air. And again, don't forget to call in too. Uh, If you have any questions or even it would be nice to have an idea for maybe another study as well that you'd want to see or want to hear. Amen. You can send us an email at uh, that's in the Bible at gmail.com. Or you can call our 24-hour feedback line. It's uh, an answering machine at 716-584-1611. Steve. Yes, sir. Any other parting shots? Uh, pretty good. I think I've got in a few beforehand <laughs> and during, so I'm happy today. You feel good. <laughs> I feel good. Pastor Strobel. I'm just wondering if we could get maybe a picture of that T-shirt on the website. There we go. Oh, what do you say, Matt? Actually, they have one on Facebook, I believe. So I could just paste it and put it right onto yep. our website. I think. If you uh, send it to me, I'll I'll put put it up in the show notes. I'll put uh, I'll put my father-in-law's up there too. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear what his was. You had it up there, Matt. I I can't remember the exact quote of it. Um, I can't remember. I'll, it'll be up there though, so people can look at it. You're not wearing it, Steve? Uh no, 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 not yet. <laughs> okay. Wait until we get a family get together. We'll all wear our t-shirts. So. <laughs> oh, that's pretty amen. good. All right, amen. Well, Lord willing, we'll see everyone again real soon. Amen. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on. You're absolutely correct.